The following episode of Tofop contains spoilers for the Stephen King story, it, during the second half of the show. So, no complaining. You've been warned. The following episode of Tofop is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. Tofop advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. That was not a relaxed way of you nah, saying everyone relax. I had to take a deep breath. You did. And then you sold it a bit too hard. Oh, and really? then you realized about halfway through where you'd gone and tried to pull it back. No, I literally ran out of energy with <laughs> this sentence. Yeah. Well, that was the other option. I was giving you the fact that you had like had the cognizant in your mind to go, oh, no, I fucked this and I'm going to try to pull it up. But what you really had was like just gone way too hard. Yeah. yeah. You had Rummish. I sprinted. You had Rummish yeah, Harry Chandran. Yes. Your intro. You had gone really hard on the first lap and had to be taken to hospital. What I kind of realise is I can't maintain that energy level for the whole show. I thought I'd just like right. top up no. there. But yeah. No, let's take it back a bit. Okay. Oh yeah, we'll do an after dark. Yeah, you know what? Let's just t- it's the afternoon. Easy, easy listening. Hey. Hey guys, I'm drinking a cup of tea. I'm drinking water. Yeah, Charlie's drinking water and I'm drinking tea. This is the new Tofu. <laughs> These are the new tea baggers. Actual tea bags. Well, because we'll have to eventually, you know how like Double J got created to shift across those aging Double J listeners to get keep in that safe bubble with music they like. Eventually, we'll have to get moved to a more kind of like mature podcasting bracket, right? Right. So, oh. So when you find so us, on, we, we won't is, be listening to comedy anymore. We'll be oh, under like mature listening or something. It'd be like old fop. Yeah. I mean, it mostly is <laughs> just me complaining about how my back hurts anyway, already. So maybe we are that already. Maybe we're the desperate, uh, desperately uncool older guys hanging out at the young people's party. Have uh, you considered that? Because there is a part of me that thinks... No, I haven't, but you're right. I feel like we're a little bit... Like, this podcast has been going... I got recognised at a cool young person venue last night by Tofop Listener. Okay, so uh, give me some information. Can you reveal the venue? Uh, yes, a, Frank, okay. Frankie's Pizza uh, okay. in the city, which is kind of like if you're from Melbourne and living in Sydney, and you're like, oh, you know, I miss Melbourne. Frankie's is about the closest you get to that yeah. kind of cherry bar. Kind it's of Melbourne bar. in a building. Yes, that's Very, their slogan, I believe. Yeah. Frankie Pizza. <laughs> they say nothing about the pizza. They're just like, Melbourne, in a building. It's a rock and roll club, though. It's a dirty, divey rock and roll club where they serve yeah. like beer and plastic pitchers and all that kind and of stuff. And they play music there, like live music. Yeah, and they well, I went to a band pizza. last night. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. So was it a band that you knew was Yeah, Made of Mine's band. It was an album launch. Oh, look at you. Interim. Well, hang on. Shout out to Interim. Well, let's get to that. Let's yeah. not like... Uh, I want. This is kind of my gauge on whether you're cool or not, right? Oh, God. So firstly... You have a maters in a band. Yes. So on that bit of information I have right now, yeah. like your coolometer, if we're like doing the worm at home on whether you're cool or not, I'm like, yeah. made in a band? That sounds like it could be going in a cool direction. Well, so, you, you don't forget, I worked on a show with a lot of young people for a long time. So I have a lot of young friends. Yeah, do you? Or are you just the old, old guy, guy from work? Who turning up, they're like, oh shit. I feel Charlie's like that here. may be who what told you him? are. Who told him it was on tonight? Hey guys! Rock and or roll, you know what I mean? 
Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, Amy was just going through the cupboard inside uh, and she found some photos of us from like, you know, 10, you know, 10 or so years ago. Do you reckon those versions of us want to hang out with these oh, versions no, of us? Fucking no, way. fucking way. I, I often say this, like Gemma and I, we have a, a fairly set morning routine now. We'll get up early, you know, not long after the sun comes up and we'll put on our matching black exercise outfits, you know, puffer vests, and we'll take the dog for a walk along the cliffs, like a power walk along the cliffs. And I often think that if I walked into a time loop and bumped into the 23-year-old versions of Gemma and I coming home from a massive night out and they saw us, they would be horrified. They would make so much fun of us. Like, we wouldn't get 10 feet from them when they'd stick their fingers down their throat and go, we will never become that. Let's make a solemn vow that we will never become that. Oh, they probably wouldn't stick their fingers down their throat because whatever they'd taken that night would then be ejected <laughs> wasted, from the yeah. system. But in principle, they would mind putting their fingers down their throat and then they would go on with their good time and try to take uh, the memory of you guys away. No, it's, it is interesting, that idea that even... You know, the us that started this podcast, you know, eight years ago. Seven. Se seven. Well, hang on. What year did we start? 2010. Yeah. And it's now 2017, April right? 2010. Okay. So if we started in April 2010, that means... That oh, yeah. In we're April... into the eighth year. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. In between. We'll settle the difference. <laughs> Sorry, shut up, Adam Spencer. Everyone relax. <laughs> but yeah, the versions of us now versus the versions of us who started making this podcast... Like I've never like I don't I think I don't think far. I could. No, you would. I mean, never, the things never that, go back. The things that we said, like I mean, the things that you'd look back it's, on those guys and go, wow, they've got a pretty cavalier attitude towards prison sex. Guys, <laughs> yeah. have really thought through it's, the, the ramifications of these hilarious conversations. It's kind of like, do you want? Do you ever think if Eddie Murphy looks back at like right. delirious and is like. Whoa, I said a lot of really homophobic shit. Well, I guess that's the thing, because we, we all have had that. Like, and particularly when you talk to comics, like a lot of us of our age, you know, you were heavily influenced and fell in love with comedy, you know, particularly as like a 17, 18 year old yeah. boy watching like someone like Eddie Murphy, yeah. you know, this 19 and 20 year old saying these things. And now we know and look back on it and go, oh man, that stuff <laughs> it was a different way. time. It was a different time. Right. But you reckon Eddie Murphy? Because he's the one yeah. who did it. He must be like, oh, fuck, I wish I hadn't taped Raw at 19. <laughs> really would have got some of that stuff a bit more PC by 25. Well, it's, I mean, he, he, he to think that he's now, well, he hasn't made films recently, but he came like Mr. Disney, right? Yeah. Dr. Doolittle, The Haunted Mansion, all that kind of stuff. It's like, well, that is a complete 180. If you think that you're going to maintain the rage, take a look at Eddie Murphy. He went from that guy to being Dr. Doolittle. I wonder if sometimes... Uh, they're the ones who get it. Like, the ones who get it who just go, this is... I mean, I think Steve Martin is a bit like that. Mm. I think Steve Martin, like, just was like... Got to that point where he's like... Oh, yeah, let's make some money. I'll just make some money. De Niro. If you're going to give me a heap of money... De Niro's a it's great a example. example. And I... And he's I, seen through the game, and now he just doesn't give a fuck. He's but, like, oh, oh, if you're going to give me a heap of money for something I don't give a shit about, I'll rock up. I just can't believe it when people give De Niro shit for Rocky and Bullwinkle or meet the parents, whatever. I'm like... Has he not given you enough? Like, if you look at his oeuvre, like he was an angry young man driven to push himself to physical and emotional extremes. He's an old man now. He's an old man who needs to pay for his fucking boutique restaurant chain. Mate, we all go through this, right? Like, you know, I mean, you get to the point. I mean, well, the very fact that we have advertising on this podcast now, right? Like, we, for a very long time, tried to make this, you know, without advertising and just to also do it for free. And, you know, you just eventually get to the point where you, you hope that your audience go, no, good on you. <laughs> you had a crack. And now we don't mind if you can actually make some 
some money out of this thing. You've proved that you were willing enough to do it yeah. well for nothing for ages. Yeah, we gigged. Right. We gigged for seven years. Now, if you're the sort of person who's like, I will never listen to anything with advertising, then you're the sort of person who's going to resent, you know, uh, Robert De Niro for doing Rocky and Bullwinkle, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it shouldn't actually take away from the entertainment that that person has given you that they're doing these other things. Yeah. Here's what I would ask, and perhaps it's something we should say ourselves. Maybe this is what we are saying. <laughs> okay. Is, I just would have liked if Robert De Niro had... Maybe even taken out some money of his own. You know, he's got a film festival. You know, he's he's got access to, you know, some directors and people who owe him a favour, right? He gets together a small crew and he makes like a public service announcement and he just spends a little bit of the Rocky and Bullwinkle money <laughs> on kind of putting this message out to the world and just says, hey, here's a list of the things that I've done for you guys. Um, I just feel like I'm, I just want to make some money and stuff. I just want to make some of these movies, blah, blah, blah. Um, just look away. You just... Don't get angry. Just don't don't watch. Yeah. I'm just going to be doing some stuff over here for me. And if you like me enough, just ignore what I'm doing now. But <laughs> I guess that's what you're saying. It's like, just please the goodwill overwhelm the other stuff. Yeah, but it's but it's also this idea that, uh, you know, you know, we've talked in this show about when you're in your 20s, like so much of how you define yourself is by what you hate. Like you're so anti. You're like, I love these bands. I hate these bands. I love these kind of movies. I hate these kind of movies. And then I think as you get older you start to go, fuck, that's an awful lot of energy to pour into stuff I don't care about. And then you just start to hone in on the stuff you like. And so I feel like that having that briole about what essentially is meaningless. It's a, a movie. He played Travis Bickle and now you're upset because he spoofed that mirror scene in Rocky and Bullwinkle. Because people genuinely get angry. How could he do that? How could he piss on his own legacy? It's like, first of all, it doesn't matter. It's just a fucking movie. A lot of people haven't seen Taxi Driver. It would not mean anything to them. There's probably a lot of countries where they've never even screened Taxi Driver. They don't speak the language. It's meaningless. He probably can't drive a fucking taxi. <laughs> yeah, no. And people do no, that. he did, apparently. That's oh, why people did. are so angry. Okay. Did he really he did. He drove a taxi for a month, I believe, to research the role. Got all method and stuff. Anyway. <laughs> well, a lot of people don't know that he lived as Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle for a whole month <laughs> before that movie to research the role. But... You, you are he lived as a dirty grandpa for one whole month it's, just because you have created this role means so much to you doesn't mean it means so much to to Robert De Niro you know what I mean yeah, like sure. you're the one who was associating oh I saw that film when I was 20 and it blew my mind I heard that album when I was and it blew my mind that's great yeah but then you know Eddie Vedder wants to make fucking like a kid's album let Eddie Vedder make a kid's album I, I don't know if he's no, doing that no fuck but. that I'm burning 10 <laughs> it's called Count to 10 it's his kid's album <laughs> uh, alright so your friend's in a band yeah um, you may or may not be friends with uh, like oh, no, young people no you may oh, well oh we're saying is he a young is he a young person from your show or is yes. he a different person yeah, yeah no, he's, so he's, he's a young guy. person from the show yeah and he's in a band yeah and they are playing at Frankie's uh, launching Frankie's, their album and did you get on a door list or did you pay to get into the venue no cover charge at Frankie's my friend okay but okay well yeah, yeah alright so his band is playing at a venue yeah he invites everyone he knows so again oh, I'm yeah, still not definitely yeah so I'm not convinced you guys are actually friends okay yet. like uh, that I, well I mean you could just be the guy from working invited to see his band play on Saturday well he also he, like he house sits for us when we go away. well again that seems like a business transaction <laughs> now it feels like he's employed he's, he's like both like a man from work and also one of his part time employees oh, you think he felt like I had to invite Obliged. the boss of course he does to my band yeah oh, right. you're house sitting for him yeah like a 
of course. No, he, he has sits like, for us. Yeah, that's what I mean. That, yeah, that's right. He look, you know, what does he do? Walk your dog? Yes. Yes. See, <laughs> of course, he feels obligated. I can have young friends. I no, know how I, to. I, I think you're possibly you're capable of it. I yeah. just see no evidence of it so far <laughs> in your story. So he's so. What sort of music does he play? Uh, I mean, I don't what, know. What what is he Ed, in the band? So they're a band. So he's a lead singer of the okay, band, right and right. they're kind of. It's. I mean, to me, it sounds like it's. A, it's got a real uh, alternative '90s alternative sound. A bit like Soundgarden, I felt. Okay. Sort of heavy riffs and all stuff right. and harmonies and all that kind of stuff. Really good. I mean, I have not. What were they called again? Interim. Interim. Yes. The mm. in between moment. Yeah, in between. In, is that what it means? Yeah, interim. Yeah, yeah interim, okay. Yeah. In, in the meanwhile. meanwhile. In the meanwhile, <laughs> I wear meanwhile. No, sorry, interim, interim. It's cooler. They got played on Triple J this weekend. Oh, yeah. I believe that was. They were very excited about that. It was mentioned. I remember during the gig a couple of times. I, I suppose if you were into them, you could say interim. I'm into them. Well, you know what? The crowd there and it we're was packed. We're into them, and yeah. it's funny, man. Like Alec is a very talented performer. Uh-huh. Like you know, as an actor, but also as as the lead singer of this band, but. Not only that, you see a guy in front of a band, like, and he's out there being the lead singer and stuff. And I look back to the first, like, five rows and the looks on the girls' faces, it was like they were hypnotized. It's amazing. There is something about that relationship between the rock star and the fan that is just like, it was, there was hormones like fine because it was a young crowd. It was like, oh, wow, this is right. like, so, interesting. Right, so again, I, I get to this point. Yeah. What was the age demographic of the sort of audience? Oh, early 20s. Early 20s. Yeah. So again, you there's made... A, there's one, there's a, because you know what? There was a few, there's one other guy around my age. Yeah. And I remember clocking him from across the room and being like, what's his deal? <laughs> and he was probably looking across the room at me thinking exactly the same thing. Uh, if you were throwing, say, a barbecue at your house, it was yeah. in Sydney, would you invite Irene? Is it Irene? Is that her Irene. name from Home and Lee Away? McCranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lee McCranger. She's a fun lady. Yeah. Uh, I've met her a couple of yeah. times. Really great sense of humor. Yeah. Like if you were having like, say, a barbecue or something, would you invite her over to be part of that? Yeah, probably. I yeah, think so that's what happened. Work. That's what happened. You're the Lynn of this situation. <laughs> that's not a, that's a non-insult. That's what you are. It is. It's different. Yeah, you know what? Look, I, I, I'm not... No, I'm sure that... I know. I'm not doubting that there is no. definitely a, a, like a separation. I feel yes. older yeah. than these guys. I feel like it is very much that Do you, kind Did of you dress like an old person or a no, young I, person? No, I, I just cool. Okay, young. so what's your version of that? Uh, boots, black okay. jeans, oh, yeah. uh, black t-shirt, flannel, denim jacket. I look very rock. Okay, now. yeah, nice. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's... Although I did go see Cam Knight on Friday night at the comedy no. store and he was just exactly the, exactly same. the same. And Cam and I are the same age. Yeah, no, 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 no. You didn't look cool. You looked uh, what middle-aged men dress like when they think they look cool. cool. Exactly. <laughs> you wore the, you're a Uniform. middle-aged man. Yeah. No, it's good This denim jacket yeah. should rock things up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do, you essentially, when you walk into the room, everyone goes, okay, we get who you up. Thank you. Thank you. You've just told us everything you need to know. Beautiful. Still young at heart. Still feel like you're a little bit rock and roll. Have no idea how to wear anything that would be actually fashionable. Yeah. Oh, it's too hard. Well, that's what I mean. I actually... And I, it moves too quickly. Oh, my God. If I you bought something it. new to be fashionable and then you'd like I used go to, out six months later, the next time I you went out... I used to be out. okay at shopping. I used to be like okay at sort of just like supplementing things into my wardrobe and sort of like moving things on. But now I've got to the point where... Like, I look at my wardrobe, I'm like, this is all old, like, dated stuff. Like, I need an overhaul. But the I've tried a couple of times now to go into, like, department stores, and it's yeah. too much. I can't do it. Like, I'm really stressing out. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust my instincts anymore. Is this 
too young? Is this too old? What, what, what do I like? What are my tastes? This is too hard. So I've just gone back to feed. I'm like, I'm just going to hang on to my old. I'm going to wear my current wardrobe until it all falls apart and that's it. Yeah. I'm never going to buy anything new. i got to be honest with you. I'm, that, that's the one that I absolutely get, which is like, I can buy other things, but I wear the same thing every fucking day. Mm. So why would I buy anything else? Yeah. Like I'll buy it but don't it's been the cupboard. But don't you ever, yeah. Like I've got like five different business shirts. And why? Like, You've never I've ever been never, to five business. No, letters. like whenever I wear a suit, it's for like a wedding right. or a function, it's right? I'm never business, <laughs> but I've got like three business shirts. And why do I have these business shirts? And they're probably about 10 years old as well. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't... I bought them just in case I had one of those high powered meetings about our podcast. I figured. When we started TOEFOP, I went out and bought three business shirts. <laughs> For all the high-powered business meetings we're going to have. Um, I must admit, I recently uh, cleaned out uh, uh, the wardrobe and was going to you know, send a whole bunch of stuff to Vinny's. And uh, there was a couple... Not sent Vinny's, just your mate Vinny. <laughs> yeah, to Vinny's. Vinny's. Actually, to be honest, he's this guy Vinny. I owe him a lot of yeah, money. he's your cousin, I, right? You know what? Well, here's the thing. I needed money like really, really quickly <laughs> and he was there. But it turns out that I had agreed to a whole thing. It was very high interest rates <laughs> anyway. He th- I, the, the problem with my back is that he just comes around every day and punches me in the back <laughs> until I get him the money. <laughs> so anyway, Charlie, can I have some money? Um no, I the I was uh, cleaning out the wardrobe and there was just so many things in there. Like there must have been a time where I like was going to I guess weddings, like a couple of weddings, and I bought like say a different suit to go to two different weddings, yeah. and then those suits have just like stayed in that cupboard for like five or six years, and now A I wouldn't fit into them, yeah. and B like they just don't look like a suit that no. someone my age would wear. No, that's a thing. I don't know. I'm, st- I'm still trying to settle on my look too as I push into 40. I don't know. Like you have your kind of, like people know that you dress mainly in black. Right. You're very, you know, you're very sort of well, I, that's simply. The, yeah, it's the no look though. Yeah. It's not like, I mean. No, but it's kind of like, I think you have a look. Like I yeah. know most days when I see you, I've got an idea of what it's going to look like. <laughs> yeah, right. Whereas my look bounces <laughs> around and it's like, I know what I like. I know and I think what suits me best is a white trash look. Yeah. I look good with like, Jeans, boots, like a checkered shirt and a trucker hat. That really suits me and a bit of stubble on my face. Like I look like uh, I'm a redneck. That's a good look for me. But I don't know how to transition that into like evening wear. (laughs) Like that's just like my day to day. But like, what do I rock at night? Gemma and I went out for dinner last night and I'm like, I want to look nice for my wife, but I don't know what to wear. I don't have anything. Do I put a suit jacket on? Is that too much? Is a leather jacket too cash? I don't fucking know. A shirt? No, what should I? A t-shirt? That's no, that's too cash. I just don't know. Yeah, no, I understand. Like that idea of um, uh, we were talking about the other day. Somebody um uh, is a personal shopper, and uh, just that you idea- know a personal shopper. Yeah, well, know someone through someone who right. is a personal shopper, and that idea of having somebody because I had a suit made for me. And it's the best suit that I've ever owned in my entire life. Like, you know, I mean, because he, he fixed me. Yeah. He fixed me in a suit, Charlie. Like, he put a shoulder pad Was in. Was it a montage? But, like, it's literally one of those <laughs> Where things. Where he measured the inside of your seam and you punched him in the head. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's, like, just the way that he put the jacket together. I put it on and suddenly my body's not wonky. Yeah, like, right. Like, you know, he's just fixed it all. It, it looks fantastic. And I just wonder if how much better your life would be if... Like I know, I know the style that. of clothes I like, but if they could get them that, where I didn't have to go and buy them off the mm. rack or whatever, they just made me like a version of. But then are you just the crazy person who wears their own clothes? Yeah. Like, would it be weird if I had someone just make all my clothes specifically for me? 
And so if someone asked me, what are you wearing? I'd be like, Will. If someone told me that like Bill Gates had that done, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. I'd be like, oh yeah, that sounds like a rich, that sounds like a rich person's luxury. How rich do you think I need to get? To have a bespoke outfits made. Yeah. yeah. So we're we talking every, like how many outfits well, I mean, but, made? Well, I mean, like, like, is it seasonal? Every season I'll come and make yeah. you a new range. Okay. So here's what I would say. Genuinely, I reckon I can get away with in my kind of like day to day. If I have like three or four pairs of like basically the same kind of pants, you know, these sort of baggy slash, you know, they look Fisherman like tracksuit pants, but pants. they're fashion yeah, they're, they're $300 tracksuit pants. $300 tracksuit pants. Because that's basically all I wear. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I either rougher or fancier versions of those pants. Yeah. And then like a bunch of t-shirts and like a couple of like, you know, hoodies and like a jacket. Like, yeah. so essentially like, I guess 12 items or something like that. That's pretty much my basic wardrobe, right? Yeah. And I get it replaced every four seasons. Let's go with all, all four seasons. Well, so every year. Isn't it it's four seasons a year? Well, that's what I mean. So, yeah. But as in I get it replaced for seasonal. Okay. So, so like I've got yeah, a summer winter, version, summer, I've got an autumn spring. version, okay. I've got a winter. Yeah. So let's say each season you have just for the sake of putting them to like eight outfits per season. Yeah. Because some of them are going to cross over. Yeah. Like between, you know. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's 32 outfits. 32 outfits. 32 outfits a year. It doesn't seem extravagant. If someone is uh, what about underwear? Making it if they for you. if they're making your underwear, because yeah. that's a thing, right? I can understand the bespoke outfit, uh -huh. right? But are you still gonna if you're gonna be spending that much money and have that tailored outfit? Are you really gonna be wearing your bonds undies underneath? Or are you gonna get them to, to tailor make your undies? Now, if you told me that Bill Gates has his underpants made bespoke every season, I would be like, that's eccentric, rich man luxury. I uh, am gonna get mine built into the pants, so. That's that's great. Like so, but hang on. So it's the equivalent of so arranged in a way where I get the support of and like a support and sort of. <laughs> Did you, so you guys can't see this, but Will started that sentence. He said, "I get the support," and then he just held his hand up in front of my face as if to say, "Stop! I'm going to continue." <laughs> As if I had anything to contribute to this bizarre hypothetical. So, no, I was more imagining oh. where I was going to get the support. Oh, I thought you were trying <laughs> to shut up. No, I wasn't. No, that was more me kind of gauging in my imaginary pair of pants where the support <laughs> would need to be have. So basically what I want is, because I'm mostly like commando, but I like the obviously protection and you know occasional support of like what underpants bring. I believe mm. that there must be something in between those two things. So a bit of extra sort of support and sort of infrastructure built into your kind of pants but without it actually having to feel like you're wearing the constriction of underpants everywhere because for example say this top bit of the underpants you know the bit yeah. before the bit between your belly button and your well i'm not wearing them up to my belly button by the way but like that that, that bit there to your genitals yeah you don't really need like underwear there right that no. is unnecessary layer yeah so i'm talking about a so kind like of below the belly button where, yeah, like yeah. only the bits you need. Like you don't need it at the so side. So it's, it's literally like targeted support yeah. for your for me, genitals. Specifically. For your genitals. Yeah. But I mean, that's all it sounds like all you want. It sounds like yeah. you want genuine freedom. So you don't yeah. actually need an underpants. I want freedom. You but just, just need scaffolding for yeah, your balls exactly. and penis. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that is exactly what I'm saying. I am saying I want like bespoke artisan support yeah. built into my suit that is but I want them to do a mold you know like they do with oh like, yeah yeah, you yeah. Know. because you're a fucking filthy perv who wants some <laughs> special effects guy to slap you in nuts and plaster but don't you think imagine that if you could just slide oh god can you imagine that guy every season that guy's like oh I've got to go put it make a mold of Will's dick why are we having to make a new can't one can't use every the last season? one no, he insists <laughs> 
okay. Right. No, it's just because, well, but don't you imagine, like, I know you're kind of joking, but like, if you have shoes that are tailored to your feet, or if you have something else that's tailored specifically to you, then it's more comfortable. Mm. If this were to be the case, you know, I get this kind of built in. So can you just Google like bespoke underpants or tailor-made underpants? Because if this is not a business... I'm thinking we could get into but it. Bespoke underpants is different to what I'm saying because bespoke <laughs> underpants is just handmade underpants. No, right? what I mean is, but like, I want them tailored into the suit. Yeah, for and but I mean, if you can think about the different ways you can support the area, like we could come up with different. Like there could be sort of like, you know, like a uh, there could be sort of a cloth um, holding, like just like a like a a bag you could hold uh-huh. them in. Or if you wanted something a bit more, you could crisscross, like a gentle silk crisscross, like a netting to hold them in. Like we could do all these different kinds of Well, this of is specifically... again, Charlie, but this is exactly, now you're using your imagination yeah. and you're starting to not mock me. <laughs> like imagine it's a big night out yeah. and you just want to have them in velvet. Yes. For the night. That's amazing. So maybe you can swap them over. Maybe they're not specifically built. Although, no, I like the idea that they kind of... Is this just for men? Because like... Well, I mean... Not I mean, I guess not the women... This... Well, well, I mean, I guess you could do it for bras. We could do it. As, we could do a, a women's line as well. well it's like, I imagine they probably have things like that, don't you think? That sounds like the sort of like you know underwire in your well, dress no, or something, if right? Oh yeah, I guess there is. But there's no like if we could come up with a bra built into a t-shirt. I know lots of girls would want to wear that. Uh, look, then we can line it with whatever you want. <laughs> here we go. Uh, this is not going to answer our question, but uh. I just like the headline here, so we might as well dive into this hole. Uh, somebody has asked uh, Metafilter, you know, which is just one of those, like, Aggregated. I've got a question for the internet. Yeah. Uh, so it's one of those. And uh, here's the question. Is it weird to get underwear altered or taken in? So th- at least we're going to get into the world of, well, if it comes up, it doesn't seem like it's going to come up. Uh, <laughs> no one well, answered it? Not one person? It does seem a touch too intimate, e.g. if the tailor has to uh, lift, at which point... Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So apparently... it. Apparently, it's fine. Apparently, you can do that. So, people tailor underwear? Yeah, you can tailor underwear, apparently. But I mean, I don't think it's very common because there wasn't a lot of entries. No, when it came and it's up, one of those things where, like, you think, apart from, like, so you wear briefs, boxes. But don't you think of all, like, in the same way as I think it's crazy it's taken this long for pe- for beds to be matched to your back. I can't believe that's not a thing that, like, they've had forever, right? Mm. It, don't you think that like your underwear, it's, isn't it the weirdest of all things? Like the further you get out on your body, the less you care about it fitting you specifically. Yeah. But like, your underwear is like the closest thing, you know, to your genitals. I Surely you want it to be. Well, I just want, I just want it, I just want it strapped in. Like I'm kind of. Yeah, see, that's a really functional approach yeah. to your junk. That I feel like, don't you feel like it should be. Breathing? Like, well, at least <laughs> treated with a little more respect. Well, I feel you know? this is respect. I feel like I just don't want to sit on my balls. <laughs> like that story. You remember heard that story about Mr. Belvedere? I think Adam Sandler told some story when he was a young actor and they no. did the table read for Mr. Belvedere and the guy who played Mr. Belvedere sat on one of his own balls that <laughs> canceled the script read. Ever since I heard about that, I was like, can that happen? Can you sit on your balls? That can't be true. Type in Mr. Surely, Belvedere on, sits gonna, on balls. I'm, no, I'm going to have to reset the shitty fucking internet, unfortunately, because... Uh, what time is it? Well, maybe we should do a, oh, we'll do a, a little, read. Oh, and... we could do a read. Yeah. It's exactly what we can do, Charlie. Okay, well, Why don't we, we do a read for this ad that we don't know if we're meant to be doing or not, but we've enjoyed having them on board so much that this is either an obligation we have or one we're doing for free. Let's get to it. Uh, 
Okay, we're back. We're um, back. Oh, we took a little break. Yeah. Uh, but we, you know, we didn't really need to. We could have just come back, I suppose. But we are back. Um, <laughs> so, getting to the bottom of the funniest Saturday night related uh, story ever told. Saturday night live related. Oh, you Saturday night live. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, this is on a, um, a Kentucky sports radio uh, station website. So, I don't know if, you know, the ver- ver- right, ver- veracity of this. The funniest uh, SNL related story ever told involves Christopher Hewitt the star of the 1980 sitcom Mr. Belvedere, and it doesn't have anything to do with this hilariously dark sketch. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, blah, blah, blah. It's actually the second funniest Mr. Belvedere-themed bit of comedy associated with the show. Okay. The funniest Mr. Belvedere bit, and for my money, one of the funniest stories uh, I've ever heard in my life comes from Jay Moore's 2005 oh, book. Detailing his brief stint as a cast member on SNL, casting me for airtime two years in the trenches of Saturday Night Live. Uh, okay, so here's the story. One of my favorite Adam Sandler stories. Oh, so it's Jay Moore. It's telling, a funny inception. Adam, this is. <laughs> We're down to the third level. We've had to go to a Kentucky radio station to get, <laughs> to get to Jay, the, Jay Moore's book about an Adam Sandler story. Oh, man, this is what it feels like to be on the dark web. It's invigorating. <laughs> now I understand it, Anonymous. Let's dox and we're everyone. About to do, and we're about to investigate a man's balls. And he's like oh, being in the dark web. This is, yeah, totally like we're in Anonymous. So one of my favourite Adam Sandler stories was the one he told us about the time that Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls. <laughs> I mean, you know, like... Putting it all on Front Street there, well, actually. Well, ordinarily, I would save like the funniest yeah, bit of the story the, for the, the punchline. Yeah. But I feel like he's made the assessment that this is funny enough in the telling of the story that you'll get the extra laugh off the top by just stating bluntly what it's about. <laughs> and then the build-up will be accentuated by you but anticipating what's happening. The sentence, Mr. Belvedere sat on his own balls. Right. It's almost is inherently enough. funny. It's you almost know what enough. Like, you know. Like... Adam had a small part in the show, Mr. Belvedere, early in his career. On his first day, everyone was sitting. By the way, this would be the perfect way for, to do actual interesting autobiographies of people. <laughs> if you found people who were closest to them and they wrote a chapter of someone else's rather than your own. Because yeah. other people telling your stories will always tell more than you'll you know, kind of tell yourself. Uh, okay, Adam had a small part on the show. On his first day, everyone was sitting at a huge table waiting to start the read-through of that week's show. The old guy who played Mr. Belvedere, the old guy who played Mr. Belvedere, uh, hadn't shown up yet, so everyone's drinking coffee and talking until he arrived. Finally, Mr. Belvedere walked in, in a sweatsuit and a matching monogrammed attaché case. <laughs> Do you think he was having that tailor-made for him? Yeah. Well, if you can tailor-made an attaché case, yeah. then you can have an attaché case for your jet downstairs Mr. Belvedere's. Uh, when the old guy took his seat, <laughs> he sang out, Good morning, everybody. Like a British Ted Baxter. Now, I would have done it in, a, like, I don't know who that is. So No. Uh, as he took a load off, he apparently sat on one of his own testicles. <laughs> <laughs> With his nut scrunched under his leg, he screamed, Oh! <laughs> and had to be carried out on a stretcher. <laughs> It's funnier than I remember. Like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, how do you come back to work after that? Oh, okay. Here we go. 
Uh, now, I found something that may be a little bit more credible. 11 dignified facts. This is from Mental Floss. So, Mental Floss is a bit more of a well-known sort of... Than uh, the Kentucky Times. Yeah, exactly. So, I feel like this is a more reputable okay. source. Here we go. 11 dignified facts about Mr. Belvedere. We won't go through all 11 because I don't remember Mr. Belvedere. It was I think both... he, was like a, he was like a butler. It was a, 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 he looked after a family of rich children. Oh, here we go. There's away. a little summary. Okay. Following in the tradition of wise television butlers like Benson was Mr. Belvedere. So he was a white Benson. In 1985 to 1990, ABC sitcom starring Christopher Hewitt as Lynn Belvedere. Lynn, L-Y-N-N, Belvedere. Hmm. An impeccable, because that's an American thing. Oh, British people have women's women's names. (laughs) Philip, sound like a queer. Uh, an impeccable British gentleman who finds himself as a butler for a family in Pittsburgh. So essentially, he could have been Alfred. He could be like it could be like the Jason Bourne mm. spin-off where there's another Alfred. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he yeah, gets activated. It's not Mr. Belvedere. It's Mr. Pennyworth. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> Mr. Belvedere falls down some stairs, hits his head, and remembers that he had like a, uh, oh, that'd be great if Mr. Belvedere was like. Alfred, but he's lost his memory. Yeah, right. And he's been working as a butler, but then Jason Bourne style, he has a fall, gets it back, and realizes that he has to help Batman. There you go. There's an original Batman story. Write that down. So, uh, the impeccable British gentleman who finds himself as the butler for a family in Pittsburgh. Though never a rating smash, Mr. Belvedere is remembered fondly. Uh, you know, it's, it's almost like the nanny. It's the nanny. Instead of a Jewish woman, it's an English gentleman. Belvedere! I remember he was a he was a roly poly fellow with a moustache. He looked friendly. Uh, actually, he probably looked a bit actually, like. Actually, dude, looks a little creepy. Like in this creepy, photo, like to be kid, honest kid, with you, like kitty creepy. Yeah, he's a little too tall. He would long hugs creepy, right? Yeah, yeah, he's big long arms that hug you a little too a long. Here we go. So this is Belvedere here, I imagine, right? This oh, is yeah, Belvedere yeah. up here. He, he does look creepy. Yeah, that, that, that's a long that's a long hug, uncle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Even the way he's got his hand on like. Like the dad, I assume's shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Belvedere. A, it's a real <laughs> like. I feel like in prison, the dad from this show would be like having to hold on to the inside pocket <laughs> of Belvedere. I feel like that would be the kind of nature of their relationship. Oh, really? Yeah. I so when like, the wife's not around, yeah. When the wife goes away for yeah. like a like a tennis weekend or something like yeah. that, that's when bloody they Your get into, they get the domination game. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. The secret sexual perversions of Mr. Belvedere. There's yeah. some slash fiction for you. You guys have watched Brokeback Belvedere, right? <laughs> it was based on a Broke no- nut Belvedere. It was based on a novel. Uh, was it really? The novel led to three successful movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to know what they were? Yeah. Okay. It, uh, the first one was released in 1948. Oh. They've been rebooting this character. Yeah, right. Uh, Sitting Pretty was released in 1948 with Clifton Webb in mm. the leading role. The movie was successful enough to be followed by two sequels in 1949 and 1951. So Hollywood, even back then, just rigging yeah. out the fucking sequels. Uh, so the first one's called Sitting Pretty, and this is classic Hollywood. This shows how little Hollywood has changed in this time. So the first one, Sitting Pretty. There's obviously been a meeting after that where someone's like, you know who the star of this is? Belvedere. We're going to get Belvedere in the title of the movie because what people really love is Belvedere. So the second one is called Mr. Belvedere Goes to College. <laughs> and then the third one is called Mr. Belvedere Rings the Bell. <laughs> that so. sounds like a euphemism for masturbating. 
Well, oh, don't go upstairs, Timmy. Mr. Belvedere's ringing the bell. Oh, hang on. Mr. Belvedere goes to college, starred Shirley Temple, and Mr. Belvedere rings the bell. Uh, he took up work at a senior residence. <laughs> Uh, those movies led to three unsuccessful TV pilots. Huh. Uh, Christopher Hewitt one. had already played a TV butler. He was a typecast yeah. as a TV butler. Uh, t- okay. <laughs> All right. We're, we're going to circle back, but we, we uh, have some news. We have an update. Okay. Uh, uh, Hewitt was hired for being imposing. Oh, there you go. So that imposing nature was actually what got him hired. That's because uh, when he sat down at the table, he was like, good morning, everybody, or whatever he said. The six foot, three inch, 280 pound Hewitt was cast in the title role because he towered over his fellow actors. He could be imposing, the actor told the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel in 2014. That does not sound good. Real? Another performer up for the role was smaller, he said, and didn't look like someone who could tell me what to do. Hewitt, a trained stage actor who was a member of the Oxford Repertory Company, was also in the Royal Air Force and once performed plays during the London Blitz air bombings of World War II. On the well, planes? <laughs> <laughs> like, like dinner theatre? Because we've got some bigger things to worry about. I say, I say, I say. I mean, i I got to be honest with you, it was the first thought I had as well. Yeah. I was like, well, who's the true hero? <laughs> Is it, is it the guys fighting in the Great War? Or is it the guy putting on a show yeah. during... Come on, chaps, I'll keep your spirits up. <laughs> Give Jerry what for? The Germans aren't the only things bombing in London tonight, boys. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, he hated gum. According to the actress Eileen Graff, uh, Hewitt's first order of business at the start of taping was to declare that no one chew any gum. Ever. Ever? <laughs> ever. ever. <laughs> oh my God. He announced it on his first day. No gum chewing. She no told. gum chewing? No gum chewing, she told People magazine. <laughs> uh, he's so big and such an imposing voice, nobody dreamed of contradicting him. It does actually they feel like... Bring a, his physical... Uh, he's a bully, it sounds like. Yeah. There shall be no gum chewing. Wow. Okay. Uh, they had a polite feud with Sledgehammer. What's Sledgehammer? Uh, that, was a, that was like an 80s kind of kooky cop you know, comedy drama. Oh, okay. He was like, he was a, you know what he was, Will? He was an un- unorthodox cop who didn't play by the rules, but he got results. Uh, Hewitt popped up on Ned and Stacy. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, he died uh, oh. in 2001 at the age of 80. Um, okay, but here we go. Uh, and how many children's souls had he consumed by that time? So, number five on oh. the facts. Taping was halted oh. when Hewitt... Oh. Injured his testicles. <laughs> Stein told McLean's that an urban legend about Hewitt injuring his own testicles by sitting on them, necessitating that the production shut down for an entire week, happens to be true. Yes! He fell backwards riding in a convertible in the ho- in the Hollywood Christmas parade. Oh, right. Stein said, causing trauma to his genitalia. Not at the read through. No. So another version of the story told by Adam Sandler. <laughs> Involved Hewitt coming for a table read and accidentally sitting on his testicles. So I mean, Adam falling, falling off the back of a float at a parade and injuring your testicles is just as funny as sitting on your testicles. Like, I'm glad both stories... You know, this is this is Belvedere's cat, Schrodinger's balls. <laughs> because in one reality, like if we don't look, in one reality, 
He sat down on his balls and that's why he's hospitalized. Right. And the other reality, he fell off the back of a float and injured his testicles. I'm happy with both, so I'm right. just gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna open the box. They both exist, as far as I'm right. concerned. Right, it's a quantum mechanics thing. Yeah, they're your sliding balls. <laughs> <laughs> Have we already made the the pun, Mister Balvedere? <laughs> because that's all I could think of. I mean, it feels like it's weird that we've gone this deep and not done it. So I mean, I think I've told this story before, but there's a kid in my class when we were, I don't know, grade five or something, who just passed out. Sitting in class, he went pale and passed out, and his balls. Had twisted up. Oh yeah, and uh, he had to, Stephen Boulder twisted uh, Boulder. Well, I don't want If I said his name, I don't want to say it again. You know, we talked this other show about like how we've moved on. If seven years ago I named that guy, I feel bad about that. Well, you did because there was a funny pun on his yeah, name. Yeah. About yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, I didn't say it, did I? No. Close, I you think you're close, close enough. enough that people will know, yeah, yeah. but not close enough to inform you. If, if you want to go back to some older episodes, ah, oh, it's a great idea. Yeah. You'll be able to find it there somewhere. That's what everyone's like. Hey, what does Tofop mean? I was like, oh, we explained it a lot early on. <laughs> Just go back. Listen to some old ones. Um, hey, speaking of old things yeah, uh, that don't stand up, much like our podcast. Uh, no, um, I watched It. The, uh, not the reboot. Not, yeah, the, yeah. not the new It, but in anticipation. The, the telly movie. But the, yeah. I wouldn't imagine that the holds It up. telly movie. Uh, it uh, does not. I, oh, found no. it, I, I found it compelling. I couldn't remember it. From uh, I remember watching. It does it. stand up. You're saying. Well, no, no. I, regardless, found it compelling. Right. But it does not stand up. No, no, no. It's terrible. I mean, it was made for TV, and so the budget was low to begin with. I just remember. Um, I mean, I think Tim Curry is really good in it, but it's cartoonishly unscary. Yeah, he, he certainly like. I find most clowns scary, and I didn't find him particularly scary. Yeah. Like clowns shouldn't have to have sharp teeth to be scary. Yeah. And but that's. That's in the book. Like, that's what happens to the it. I know. I understand. And I understand spoilers. I'm not, anyway, I'm not going to give spoilers because maybe there's a, there's a new movie coming out. So yeah. maybe it'll have the same ending. And maybe it isn't even a clown. It's like yeah. a fucking spider or whatever yeah, the fuck yeah. the ending is. Well, I think, what so, they, I think what they're doing with this film is they're splitting it into... Because, you know, it's told over 30-year periods. Yeah. So I think this first film is going to be in, set in the 80s when the oh, kids are 10. Okay. And then the sequel will be them right. as thirty-year-olds th coming back. Well, to, that's a good idea. I think because in the trailers you don't see any of them as grown-ups. Well, if that is the case, yeah. that would be a good idea because the fact that it's going back between the two, like while at the time I understand why the story was told in that way, it just isn't an interesting way to tell it now. Like yeah. you know that. I, well, it's funny. I've actually been listening to the audio book, like to the point where they literally like transition between scenes. Like one of the kids will finish his bit by like you know staring off, and he'll put his like hand up to his face in like an L shape like you know that holds his face crossfade. and then they cross face oh, it's a and crossfade then the adult yeah. is literally doing that exact same hand gesture yeah. that they yeah, yeah, you're like oh it's him yeah yeah we got it yeah. you don't need to tell us that yeah it's funny listening to the audio book I forgot how much Stephen King loves doing a bit of backstory like you'll get so much detail about a character it's like oh my god I'm like eight hours into this book it's like, let's, let's get going let's get some clown happening well you know what the other thing about it is Man, you forget because, like, just how much Stephen King likes to have people who are writers or horror writers. Because, yeah, yeah. again, another character in this, like, writes horror stories for no reason that is relevant to the story, except for the fact that Stephen King, boy, does love writing books about writers. Yeah, like the kid in Stand By Me who became yeah. Richard Dreyfus, yeah. the writer. <laughs> uh, I forgot that Seth Green was in it, though. 
Seth, yeah. As one of the young, oh, I think Glenn is one of the yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. Uh, he's one of the younger kids. He's the one who turns out to be a stand-up comedian mm. as an as an adult. Played by the guy from Night Court, right? Right. <laughs> but also played by like like this guy's act. I would just love if there was like a scene because. The ways that they show he's funny are not funny at all. Like he's a wacky props guy uh. and all you ever see is the end of him doing something <laughs> where like his time lines up and he like squeezes a chicken and he's like, thanks very much, good night. So there's like, <laughs> like ovation of people apparently loving whatever the rubber chicken guy version of comedy they think he's doing. Like it's crazy. Unless he's like an Andy Kaufman-esque where the fact that he's doing the most cheesy yeah, hackney comedy, not. it's anti-comedy. That'd be a good take on it. You could do that as like a take if they yeah. got like um, Zach Galifianakis to play it in the reboot. Then I, that's a I, good, would, I would buy that. That's a good question. Yeah. Uh, who would they cast as the adult characters? Yeah. Because the adult characters are, in my mind are more memorable than the than the kids, aren't they? Okay. Well, here's who you got as your adult characters, right? You've got um, Billy. Yeah, Billy. So he was played by someone who like whose face is familiar. Yeah. Um, oh, hang on. He's little little house in the prairie yeah, guy. That guy. So John Boy. So John Boy plays John Boy <laughs> Ponytail John Boy. No, so Night Court plays the comedian. <laughs> yeah. Little House on the Prairie plays Billy. Yeah. So uh, yeah, John Boy <laughs> Ponytail John Boy plays um, Ponytail. That's yeah, right. Like, and Jonathan and- Brandis plays Young Him. Right. Uh, uh, sorry, Sequest Diaz for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, so- <laughs> So that is some deep, deep cuts. Um, and then uh, six rules for dating my teenage daughter. Uh, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. He, he's he's um he's another adult. He's the one who uh, used to be uh, fat. Yeah. Um. Who is? Yeah. No. Is he the? Yeah. And um, and then there's the girl that Bev. The redhead? Red Bev, yep. But she looks familiar, but I don't know who she is. Yeah, I don't I know. Don't think, I don't think she went on to any great yeah. notoriety. So there's her, and then there's like uh, the kind of um, ADD virgin, like big head, kind of nerdy, effeminate, like I don't know that one. guy. Yeah. Can't remember. Yeah. Not up to that bit. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> then there's that. So that's it. <laughs> Literally. That is that it. That is it. Uh, are you excited for the... the have you, have you liked the trailers for the movie? Well, the reason that I watched the old one was because I'd liked the trailers for the movie. Yeah. And now too. that I've watched the old one, I'm not sure if I... <laughs> no, it's... no, now I have... I Now I probably have more interest, actually, to be honest, because now I'll be, like, really freshly reminded of the old one and kind of be able to, like, see what they've done with the new one. Because I already knew the story. Mm. And to be honest, it's not... There's not much of a fucking story. No. Like, my, it's literally... And my memory of the book, because I read ages ago, and that's why I'm relisting it, to it now I'm just trying to re- remember stuff before the film but my memory of the book is it goes it's into weird isn't it like an orgy at one stage with all the young kids like the in the 50s when they're all like 10 years old they go into the cave and there's like some kind of interdimensional spider or something like it gets really trippy uh, there's an interdimensional spider well there's a spider well, in this a spi- one well isn't the it end. is a it's a shift, spider. Shift. Yeah, let's not. Yeah, it's spoilers, but whatever. It's like been around for 30 years. I know there's a new one coming. Mike, can you put things. a spoiler alert at the start of the yeah. episode? Because I figured we've caught for some the shit over the past two weeks. Of it. <laughs> Could you just say, and the book. Yeah, and the book. Oh, do, I don't know. Do you have to do well, spoilers? The, I don't know. For a, for a book that's been around for 40 years? <laughs> do you? It'd be great if you went to church at Easter and the priest is up there going, uh, and so Jesus <laughs> rose. And like, spoilers! <laughs> Come on! Mate, I haven't. 
The Bible's a really long book. I'm, I'm it has been like, out for 2,000 years. I've only been through half of the First Testament. I'm binging it. My wife and I have to watch it, read it together. We have to read it together. And she just doesn't have the time that I have. Spoilers. I, I don't want to... He's my favourite character. I don't want to know how it ends. Yeah, I wonder... You don't... You don't have to. You don't have to say spoilers for that stuff, do you? Well, who knows? Like anyway, it, it, I reckon if you listen to this podcast and you start hearing us talking about something, well, okay, let's say they're, let's say they're that, remaking The Shining. Yeah, if okay. we were talking about uh that the and the dad goes crazy and chops everyone up with the axe, yeah, would we be in trouble for that? Would could people be like, oh, come on? Well, here's the thing I would say about most Stephen King films. Well, not most because there is some twists and turns, but about it. Is it's like six, whatever the miniseries was, six hours or whatever that I fucking no, not three hours. What probably. did you get? Did, iTunes. It's on, yeah, on, right. on iTunes and uh, on Apple TV, yeah, on iTunes, yeah. So, um, and I just watched it all in a row, like literally, like a just a long movie, like a Lord of the Rings or whatever, <laughs> and just six hours of mediocre TV. <laughs> yeah, but I was quite compelled by it. Also, I have a really terrible back, and I was laying on the floor, and it's hard for me to get up. So it was a combination <laughs> of like you know me wanting to watch it. And me being incapable of watching anything else, which is also how most people watch the ABC. Yeah, that should, so, be on the, that, that should be on the poster. Best to watch while incapacitated. Right. Yeah. Just lay on the ground, take your pain medication, <laughs> lay on a yoga mat on the floor. The dog will come over occasionally and lick your face and make sure you're awake. <laughs> and you'll find out. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, no, there's not much of a plot. Yeah. Like it's not in, in that it's not really about the plot. You know, something you something terrible happened thirty years ago, and that terrible thing is happening again. Yeah, That's, well, it's a bit Jeepers Creepers. Right? Like yeah. every thirty years, he feeds or something yeah. like like that. Yeah, yeah. And they survived it last time, and they pledged to yeah. you know if it ever happened again to get back together. And they've what do you think all... the metaphor of it is? Is it a, what is what are they fighting these children in their transitions from children to adults? What's well, interesting because you know they all in their own ways had been kind of having to ignore this trauma that they had in their lives and that all dealt yeah, with. Yeah, because they're in all bullied ways. kids, right? Right. So you could. Yeah, they were the kind of misfits. That's how they all yeah. came together. So it is kind of like a manifestation of all their fears of being kind of like you know preyed upon and bullied and hunted and intimidated and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. So as adults, because they're, they're all sort of damaged adults, kind of aren't they? Or they well because have a darkness. Well, because old mate's brother dies yeah. because he's sick, Stutter and Bill. He's sick, and and, um, Georgie. It, and Georgie, his little brother, is playing with a like you know little uh, sailboat, newspaper, newspaper boat, and then he gets itted. Yeah. Hey, Georgie, want a balloon? <laughs> do they float? They all float. <laughs> and you float too. I mean, they do float. Yeah. I mean, it's a stupid question that Georgie asks. Yeah, do I've always float? thought, do they float? Is an do they odd. Float? To me, that's like a yeah, writer who's like, I really want my villain to yeah. say, "You'll float." But how do I get him to that point? Right. Well, why don't I just get the guy before to ask, do they play? Even though it's nonsensical, like he reverse engineered the line he wanted. <laughs> yeah, it felt like one You'll of those float. things. You'll float. Yeah. Yeah, do, okay. Do they float? Yeah, they fucking float, like, kid. They're balloons. They're balloons. They're fa- you dumb. Literally what they do. Like, like seriously. Do they Maybe float? You know what? What do you think? Yeah. Get, <laughs> get down there. Like people have gathered around. Yeah. Just random people going, no, you yeah. get down yeah. there with that creepy clown, <laughs> you stupid kid. Yeah. This is a problem with high school education yeah. in America right now. Yeah, there's an old guy with, with a broom yeah. just brooming Georgie into the gutter. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I'm enthused about it. It's uh, like, yeah, the trailers are good. I would like to see something genuinely, cre- genuinely creepy and horrifying too. Yeah, which I haven't seen for a, a long while. Yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just, I'm like you say the, the clown thing is so played out. I just, I feel like I've seen everything in the trailers. Don't you? All the scares. Well, I mean, yes, that. But if they made two versions of it. Yeah, I kind of like. I think that would be an interesting way to tell that story because having yeah. just seen something that is intercut between those two things, seeing them separated and at separate times, I think, and building that suspense, you know, and then having, you know, all that kind of backstory to be able to play off and flesh out. If you spent a whole movie establishing what it was like back then, then and assume that everybody's seen that and then be able to play out another story, yeah. then maybe you could have some real surprises in it. Yeah, that's where you can let the adaptation take hold. Well, also just that idea of how, like, you know kids deal with their demons versus how adults yeah. deal with those demons of their childhood. You know? Yeah. All right. We'll make that happen. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, everyone buy a ticket to it. Uh, should we wind up? Yeah, we should uh, start. To fin- we should start to finish. We should tell people that we are doing uh, two live shows at the Sydney yes. Opera House. September 15th and 16th. Now, we, we're not, we, I don't, well, should we tell people who are on the shows or should we give people a tease? How should we tease. do this? We've let's got, tease. Well, because okay. we'll do an episode this week and next week before the show. So okay, can, let's, let's tease. tease. I'll give you a list of people. Yeah. And some of these people are definitely on the show, and but you'll have to like, and you can, you can guess or not guess, but I'm not going to tell you one way or the other. So, uh, The Rock. Okay. Uh, Rove. Uh, Anne Edmonds, Anne of Green Gables, Becky Lucas, uh, the Lucas Brothers, <laughs> Matt Lucas from Bros, uh, Matt, no, Matt Lucas from uh, Little Britain, Matt, both of them, the guy from Bros and the guy from Little Britain. I don't know why I'm holding my headphones in my ears at the moment. Uh, Justin Hamilton, Hamilton the Musical, the cast of Hamilton the Musical, uh, Cam Knight, uh, the cast of The Dark Knight, recreating The Dark Knight live on stage. Um, uh, Cal Wilson um, and all uh, Owen Wilson and Luke Wilson and uh, the Wilson uh, Andrew twins, Wilson. Andrew Wilson, of course, and uh, Wilson Phillips. Yeah. Uh, the band Wilson Phillips, and, they'll be uh, there. The Wilson Tennis uh, Racket uh, yeah, Company, yeah, and, and they'll be bringing away free Wilson Tennis, tennis balls, r- tennis for everybody balls. Uh, at the Opera House yeah. show. And uh, John Deeks, John Deeks, and uh, uh, John the Baptist, and John the Baptist, and the beheaded John the Baptist. Yeah, bringing uh, his head though <laughs> with his head. Um, so that'll be fun. And, um, I think, uh, that might be, uh, everyone, everyone, yeah, everyone. Sam Mack, maybe, or maybe not. September 15th and 16th. Good plug. At the Opera House. Um, we should also mention, uh, uh our producer, Mike Hal has got a GoFundMe, uh, page, which you can find on our Facebook page. He's trying to get out to see, uh, his baby live on stage um you know this show only happens because mike al stays up at all hours of the night to cut it together and release it on a regular schedule well it would still happen no one would hear it yeah yeah the reason you guys hear still, it will and i would still catch up and yeah. have these conversations i mean you essentially that's what it. we did before we had a podcast yeah. we just caught up and had these conversations i mean the weird thing was we used to have sponsors for those conversations <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's weird we occasionally just interrupt our conversation to talk about movement watches it's like charlie you got a new watch <laughs> 
but I knew that you only had $95. Yeah, so we are doing these shows at the Opera House. It would be great if Mike Hell could come out and be part of them, see them, you know, see our show at the Sydney Opera House and it would obviously give people who are fans of the show an opportunity to meet him as well if that is something you would like to do. So if you would like to help contribute to that, you can support him on GoFundMe. We are also going to have some posters. Are we selling them at the Opera House? Are we allowed to do that or not? Or do we just sell them on the website or online or something? I don't know. Yeah, anyway. Fosdyke has sent us some um, the, the the pen work. It's amazing. It's going to be great. The poster is going to be amazing. I don't know what we're going to do with it, but yeah. maybe at some stage we just need to put out a book of posters. I yeah. feel like that would almost be better. Yeah, like you know, than like oh, we could. You know what we could do? Just like an everyone relax with the posters in it as well. Oh, like yeah. a supplement. Of oh yeah, that's the good. posters at the okay. back. Okay, that's not bad you too. I don't mind that. Oh, no, maybe do it separate books because then you can do a bigger format. Anyway, this anyway, is a, this is a production meeting. Off we'll have conversation. Uh, go to tofop.com uh, to find this podcast and many other podcasts uh, uh, that you may like. We have a, we are on Facebook. Yep. Um, we have a football podcast, Two Guys One Cup. And Did you say we had a football podcast? Podcast. Yeah, we are, like we have a football. We have a football dubast. Yeah. We have a football podcast called Two Guys One, one Cup. Cup. Uh, and what else do we have to plug? I'm so delirious. I can't even I don't think. know. That'll do. You know what? That'll mate. do, pig. Go, go home. All right. Go home, my friend. <laughs> do we have a thing that we say at the end of these? I'm Charlie Clawson. Oh, I'm Will Anderson. <laughs> <laughs>